0: Hello, and welcome to what I believe is the third episode of Lighthearted Heartache. Again, still the title I'm very unsure about, but that's where iTunes has accepted, so that's what we're going
1: with. Thanks, iTunes.
0: Yeah. Uh, The gentleman that you just heard on the other end is a wonderful friend of mine, uh, someone who we haven't necessarily seen each other in quite some time, but it's one of those relationships where... You can go for a very long time not seeing or speaking to that person, but the love is immediately there and familiar. Pick up where you left off. Yeah, and it's just so nice. And it makes me never want to not see you ever again. Never want to not. Did did that make sense?
1: Double negatives. I just want
0: to make sure that that equaled the positive. (laughs) If you
1: take away all the negatives, it's (laughs) I want to see you again. One plus
0: one is two (laughs) minus eight. eight. Yeah. Uh, So this is Jeremy. Hello. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Happy thank- to be here. Good. Thank so you so much. I'm so comfortable right now.
0: Well, thank you. I'm <laughs> glad. We're at my home, and this is your first time here.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so. a beautiful, cozy, brand new pad with Aww. plush furniture. Well, you know, that I'm, I
0: do what I can.
1: That I'm covering myself in? Would we well, call it? Covering? Draping? Draping. There we go. There. I'm just going to drape. I'm going to drape now. Yes. Luxuri-
0: He's now presently putting a throw blanket <laughs> over his legs. That's an interesting throw blanket because it actually doesn't really keep you too warm. So enjoy.
1: Perfect. Um,
0: But it's funny because what I initially wanted to speak to you about, and I definitely want to bring it up, has sort of kind of changed just from the conversation we had from dinner and even just right Mm -hmm. now. But one of the first things I thought would be interesting to talk to you about um, is your coming out story. Uh, You are from a Christian family. Mm -hmm. You went to a Christian college, you had girlfriends Mm -hmm. and you are a gay man. Yeah. And a wonderful, happy, loving relationship with another man now, which is great. So I kind of just wanted to know a little bit about what that situation must have been like for you. You know, when did you realize you were gay? Did you know or think it was going to
1: be an issue or did you think you were going to be accepted by everyone right away? Oh no. Um, well, growing up in Christian household, yes. Um, I went to a small private Christian college. Um, I guess growing up, I never dated anybody in high school or junior high. I just kind did of... Did you
0: feel an affinity towards boys or... Uh,
1: at that time, I kind of did, but I didn't understand it. Right. Friendship. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I just want to hang out and with him. And then I had a lot of girlfriends... And I did have a lot of guy friends because I played a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. So um, I did track, volleyball, basketball, and um, I just, I mean, I focused all my energy into sports and extracurricular activities in school. So it just didn't make sense. And I gave myself an infatuation with, um, mm-hmm. with one girl Growing up since the sixth grade and that girl knows who she is and we're still, she's my best friend. We've been best friends since sixth grade. I call her my Winnie Cooper because we grew up kind of around the corner of each other when we first moved into town together. It's so funny.
0: My friend Kelly, who is also gay, and I found this with a lot of gay men, they typically do have a huge love for some woman, uh-huh. his was Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> <laughs> he loves loved Farrah Fawcett. I mean, he has is she posters. His neighbor? Nope. <laughs> Just, but it's so funny to me because, like, as a straight woman, I don't think there is a a female that I've been like. Oh yeah. 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 I don't, you know, I mean, I definitely have been like Halle Berry is beautiful, uh-huh. but
1: I think girls are better expressing that, like, or I don't know, expressing that kind of attraction or like noticing that somebody is beautiful and right. being okay with it. Where guys can't say, "Man, that guy's really handsome."
0: Right, right, right. True. Well, and I and and it's also I don't know that he would have ever wanted to be with Farrah Fawcett, exactly. but he just
1: was loved. infatuated with yes. her. Yes.
0: So your infatuation, your infatuation with a friend that you referred to as Winnie Cooper, Mm -hmm. was it, did you not know if that was because you had like, I like you feelings?
1: Uh, I mean, we just got along so well. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, I I don't know if there weren't really sexual feelings. It was just like, I have the best time in the world when I'm with you. Every time we hang out together, it's so much fun. (laughs) Um, we could talk and do whatever. She's actually the first person that I came out to.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah. Now, and by the way, also, I think like when you are in junior high, I mean, that is how you know if you like someone cause you just like hanging out with mm-hmm. them. And if everyone, so it would seem very natural, I would think. Yeah, for sure. When did you, what was that? When did you decide to come out? When did you figure it out? How old were you?
1: Um, Probably my freshman year in college because um, in my head I'm like, oh, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be a light for the world, uh, which I still want to be. I want to be that positive, that shining. I, I want people to, to feel good around me and, and see the good in the world. <laughs> um,
0: well, you do that, well, just thanks. so you know.
1: Uh, but I also knew that I was like, man – I think I'm attracted to guys. Once I started getting out there and I met a couple, I'd never met a quote-unquote homosexual, mm-hmm. a gay, g- gay guy. or um, And I started, I went to school down south, like in LA and Orange County area. And I started hanging out with a diverse group of people. It wasn't just my church youth mm-hmm. group anymore. Mm-hmm. I was out there in the real world and starting to see people and seeing and learning that, wow, a lot of the judgment that we place on some people is really not fair judgment because they're not really like that. Um, I know it is
0: interesting because I grew up in in the public school system. I didn't go to a Christian school until I chose to go to college. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was so fascinating how they would constantly Mm -hmm. refer to the secular world. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to always stop people and say, but you live in the secular world. You may be... Of a church-going situation, but you have to function in a world that doesn't believe the same things yeah. as you.
1: And I wasn't part of that world. I was part of the Christian bubble, and that's mm-hmm. okay because for, sure. for the opposite end of the spectrum, I think sometimes now being out in the secular world, which is the world, it's all we're all in the world. We're all in our little, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, subdivisions, I guess. But um, we place, I place a lot of judgment now on a lot of Christians for some of the actions that they... Put out there, just as a lot of the Christians Mm -hmm. place judgment on me or other people.
0: Well, I don't think judgment will ever go away from anybody. I mean, we can sit here for forever and talk about how, you know, everyone's like, don't judge. But meanwhile, in the back of our minds, we are each judging someone else. I think it's more about, well, what is the action you're taking in that? Mm -hmm. Are you recognizing, okay, I would never do what that person's doing But that's their life and how they want to be. That's a different kind of thing other than I don't believe what that person's doing is right. They're in the wrong. They're living a bad life. And and I'm going to show them, well, I mean, even that, like, it's okay to be an example. I just think there are different levels of judgment and we are all going to judge. It's Mm -hmm. just part of life. So
1: I used to be super on kind of just how you were just acting. That is wrong. This is like, I cannot believe that that person is doing that. And I had no, no place to really say it. I had no experience. I didn't know. Perspective. Yeah. I, um, sorry, I'm a little lost for words. i am just I've been drinking too much.
0: <laughs> so much <sub> club <laughs> soda. we having a
1: mocktail. <laughs> um, so once I got out there and I started meeting people and started really taking a step back and saying, wow, okay, if you're going to be life for the world, you need to love everybody and and stop being so judgmental. And also, maybe you're learning something about yourself that you didn't know before, and now it's time to that's when I started being like, oh crap, I've been judging these people and I'm one of them. (laughs) So shit. (laughs) So that's where I kind of got a little afraid at first, especially feeling, you know, the eternal damnation on my soul, Mm -hmm. like from whatever, a lot of people that come from a Christian background start to feel, um, and they don't understand that, that God's love is, um, is unconditional, but I digress with that. So coming out like was very difficult. I didn't tell anybody. I kind of kept to myself at one point in time. Um I thought, no, it's just a phase or it's just something sinful.
0: Curiosity. Uh Uh-huh.
1: And so I need to date women. So um a lot of people will see what they want to see. Some people will say now that they know me, they're like, oh I always knew. I'm like, uh I started dating right, right. <laughs> yeah no, you sure, didn't. yeah, yeah, even the girls I dated when I was like when I started dating them and then came out to them afterwards, were like I always kind of thought something, but a lot of at Christian school too, people see what they want to see, and they didn't have a point of reference for a mm-hmm. gay person mm-hmm. so
0: it's 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 so interesting that you bring that person. up too, because I don't really remember having an experience with a gay person in my life until I met my friend Kelly when I was. I think I was probably like 24, 25. That was my first, like, oh, you're my friend Kelly. Oh, and you're you're gay. Like, it still didn't register as like, oh, you're gay and now I have a gay friend. It was just like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And then, but if you look at it now, I think there's so much, as much as there has been a recession in openness and welcoming and trying to accept people for who they are, I do feel like there has been progress in, like, more and more people are, are out there are mm-hmm. more trans people oh, there yeah. are more, you know like it is you can see the difference from 20 years ago to
1: now yeah it's not as frightening and I think my biggest thing I used to journal a lot or but I, I had one journal like entry that I called stamp of approval and it's like you know name
0: you would mm-hmm, title them? well it's like oh. it was
1: kind of like poetry Oh, I love that I love poetry. so many <laughs> <journals>. <laughs> But it's like do I have your stamp of approval? am I what you thought I'd be like like people just kind of put oh, where was I going with this like I, like you're just you want to be who those people see you mm. as and it's scary when you know you're not really like I saw all these people thinking that I'm dating this girl and he's he's on the you know he's on the volleyball team here he's on the track team and and man, he's like this type of person. No, I dude. wasn't. I was trying to, yeah, what's up, guys? What's up, bro? Yeah. Um, you had
0: false acceptance yeah. and approval. And
1: so coming out, it's like I, I'm still the same person, but I don't think people are going to see me as the same person anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, mm-hmm. and some people didn't. So um,
0: So she, when did you tell your friend? So
1: I had been in, off and on in a relationship with um, a couple girls. Um, a what? Uh, yeah.
0: Player.
1: Um, but there's a girl that I was really close with, and she replaced this best friend, this Winnie Cooper, in college. I'll call her S. The Winnie Cooper girl will call A. Oh, so, goodness. That might get confusing. S-A. <laughs> no, that's, no, maybe, that's, maybe that's not going to work.
0: Just, I mean, you can use their first names if you feel okay. comfortable. But... Yeah,
1: yeah, so Sadie um, replaced Andrea.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, Andrea... Um,
0: And which one's the Winnie Cooper? Andrew's Winnie
1: Cooper. And Sadie's my college, one of my college girlfriends. Um, There was three girls that I dated in college. Um, But Sadie was one of the really good ones who became one of my close friends. And we just always had so much fun together. Even um, before she got married, she's like, he just doesn't make me laugh like you do. But um, I was like, well, that's okay. We can still laugh. Yeah, you still get laughter somewhere else. uh, Right. uh, um, but she still lasts with them and they have, they she's doing so well. I'm so happy for her. But, um, coming, she, we broke up and I just remember thinking I'd been going to therapy and trying to figure this out. And at one point in time, um, I was dating a girl and a guy outside at the same time. Oh, outside of the school. Uh-huh. Mm. So the guy, uh, the guy was outside of the school and I was and this literally, is college. this is in college and I was living two lives and I remember we came together and. I had broken up with a guy, and so I'm like, I'm not gay. I'm just going to accept this, and this is the girl I'm going because she replaced Andrea, and this is the girl I'm supposed to marry. And so, like, we started talking. She broke up with me, and then I just broke down. She's like, there's just something – and I remember her saying this. There's something – it's just not – she's like, everything is there, but it's not there. And I just remember in my head I knew what it was, and I didn't tell her. I literally left and drove straight home. To from Mm -hmm, L. A. to we grew up a little north of Santa Barbara. Yeah, to my mom and dad's house, and Andrea happened to live around the corner. Our parents built houses, and they built around the corner from each other again. Little commune. And so I remember her and I going out um, when I got there because she had just moved home, (laughs) and uh, we got trashed, and we're uh, hanging out outside of her parents' house, just drinking beers and chatting and i said i had something to tell her and she's like oh my gosh she
0: how old like, were you then
1: i was 20 i was 24 years old oh 24 mm-hmm. so you went all the way through college mm-hmm.
0: okay yeah can i ask a very personal question mm-hmm. were you sleeping with the girlfriend and the guy
1: i didn't sleep with any of the girls
0: any of the girls yeah because Christian would make university, out
1: university we'd make out but with Maybe the guy you were hump. doing sexual had sex, yeah. you had sex yeah
0: wow okay Okay, thank so, you for being so honest yeah. and candid.
1: Yeah, we never really even talked about this no, before.
0: Mm-mm. I know
1: <laughs> it's kind of fun to revisit. <laughs> so there's that scandal. Um, Crazy.
0: Well, also, I'm so curious, like the double life that you were leading. I mean, what I
1: are- took a semester off school because I had a mental breakdown.
0: Okay, I was just going to say, <laughs> what was going and on? And nobody in your knew head. what happened.
1: Then I came back.
0: When you had, wait, wait, but when you had, so were you dating the guy when you had the mental breakdown or was
1: that? After we broke up.
0: After you broke up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then you moved back home.
1: Moved back home. Had to really just trying to get myself back together. This, I can't be this way. I didn't tell anybody what was going on. I just, I was, just at school just got the best of me. At the time I was working like two jobs too. and
0: So how old were you <laughs> when you and the guy dated and broke up?
1: Uh, 20, 23, 22, 23. Okay. And then from 23 to 24, I was a good boy. Yeah. Good Christian boy. Yeah. And then. Straight. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: You were straight for that year. I was straight. And then, so now cut back to telling Andrea, Mm -hmm. you're 24, you're back at home, you guys have been drinking beer. Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing like liquid courage, Mm-mm. for sure. Yeah,
1: and so I just like she's like, "What do you have to tell me?" And I was like, "I'm gay," and that's why. And I then I went backtracked and was like, "That's why I took the semester of school. That's why I was depressed, and that's why I did all of this, and that's what I've been struggling with." And I just am afraid that everybody's just gonna think of me differently, and I don't want anything to change with that. But it's already affected me so much that I can't, I can't just let it. And the second I When I finally accepted it, the biggest burden of my life went away. And I just remember always praying, God, please let me, like, there's gotta be a reason, like show, to show people that you still love us, that God still loves us, even no matter what we are.
0: It's not about your sexual preference. Right. Isn't it crazy that you tried to so stifle who you authentically were? That you had a mental breakdown. Yeah, you know, it like made me sick why? Suicidal yeah, and, yeah, why is that worth anything? When, but it is about self acceptance, and it you know goes across the board. It's not even just about what you prefer sexually. Mm-hmm. It's like self acceptance in general. Uh, it's I heard this thing the other day that was, no one is a bad person. You are not a bad person. You may have done something bad. You mm-hmm. may have made a mistake, but you inherently are not a bad person. So just because you were born a way that made you look like the same sex, that does not make you a bad person. It's not a bad decision or anything like that either. It's just that it, you just have to accept who you are. Yeah, You are inherently good. It, sexual preference has no role in
1: that. And that's what it was. It was just coming out and accepting that and being okay with it and knowing that that I'm not lying to people. Cause that's one thing I hate. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't hide my lies. <laughs>
0: oh, right. So, well, gosh, I mean, I but could. also you were good <laughs> as a good person who wants to be a light in the world, knowing that you were <laughs> yeah. just lying yeah, every was, day.
1: Felt like a piece oh, of trash.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> but, but what a complicated feeling because it's on one hand, you feel like you're doing I'm what you're to supposed do, yeah. to. You're protecting everyone from what they won't accept and will be hard for them to deal with. But it's also you're not getting to be the good person who just gets to tell the truth. Yeah, that's tricky. How was she when you told her?
1: Oh, she just said, "Oh, I love you." She's like, "I wish you were part of my family," and she's like, "I don't know how your parents are <laughs> gonna react." And I was like, "Yeah, well, and that, yeah, and that was rough." When I did tell my parents, but it do all do you want to talk about out. that at all? It's actually like it's. I always tell the story because it's a really cool story. Like I was telling you, I was trying to really, I I had been internalizing it so much that I didn't want anything to change, but I wanted people to understand that God still loves us. Mm-hmm. So cool story. My mom, it was just very hard for her. So my mom and dad, I told both of them. Did you, how
0: quickly after you told Andrea?
1: Probably the next day.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause
1: okay. I was staying cause both, she had just moved back. She, <laughs> she was working out in like Kansas city and she had just moved back to California. So she happened to be there working at a winery. Um, and then I came back cause I took a semester off mm-hmm. of, and so we lived around the corner from each other. It was like sixth grade all over again, <laughs> but in college. So we were adults. Yes. Um, anyway, so yeah, I came home and, um, told her and then the next day told my parents and my mom was just like, oh, it makes me physically ill to look at you. Um, and I, she said, I can't. I can't think it makes me physically ill to look at you to think of you having sex with men. I was like, well, mom, it makes me physically ill to think of you and dad (laughs) having sex. So I just don't think about it. (laughs) And at the time I had really, the guy I was dating was like, I'd only had sex with like two people. Mm -hmm. And I felt horrible (laughs) about it because I had sex before marriage. (laughs) Right. And not even the gay sex, just sex before marriage.
0: Overall, that was the worst thing. So
1: anyway... So she reacted to that my dad was like, "Oh well, that's okay. We love you regardless." So my Wait, your dad? Yeah, my dad's response is great. Did and my mom going into it? No, did you expect? No, that was the funniest thing. Like my dad's like, uh, and my mom's said, "You can't tell your brother or your sister." Um, hmm. And she's like, "I don't." I was like, "Okay, well, all right. I'll honor that if you guys don't want me to tell them." But I was like, I don't understand why she... My mom just wanted to protect everybody. And that was her way of protecting them. But I was like, lying to them? That's why I felt so bad so much. Right, that's what caused
0: me so many
1: problems. Which she was just, I mean, it took her a long time. So she tried to argue with me biblically and whatnot. After that, so I didn't talk to my mom. They still were really cool, and they su- financially supported me. I ended up going back down, um, back to mm-hmm, back To, to school. College. Yeah, and, um, and then I didn't talk to them for a long time. My dad would always call and reach out, but because my mom wouldn't talk to me, they were together, and I was like, well, you guys are a package deal right now. She's being so hateful and mm-hmm. can't talk to me. You need to talk to her dad. Like you need to figure out. And he just wanted everybody to be happy. And so I just kept praying and saying, I hope something happens to where, um, she'll see that God still loves me, that it's that, that we, we can still be okay.
0: You didn't lose your faith through any of this. Mm -hmm. You stayed being a Christian. Mm -hmm. Wow.
1: Um, and my sister ended up getting cancer. So she had, my sister had her second child. She was living in Arizona at the time and she had just had her second child and she passed out, my brother-in-law found her passed out on the stairs. She ended up having, it's ALL acute lymphatic leukemia. I think that's it. I might've messed that up, but it's a form of leukemia that's um, generally in like younger people and people from zero to like five and I think,
0: Oh, like so
1: a children. very rare form, yeah.
0: And how old was your sister? She
1: was 26 at the time. Oh. I was going I was t- uh, 25 now. Um, it had been about six months. So my brother-in-law found her passed out on the stairs. They thought it was anemia. Ended up being this stage four cancer. Chemo wasn't working. So there was a chance, like a 25 percent chance, that a sibling would be a match for a bone marrow transplant. Mm-hmm. And so I. Quit, well, I got transferred over there and um, I was working in Abercrombie and Fitch at the time.
0: Yeah, you were. Manager. Good old Abercrombie <laughs> uh, and Fitch. I know, when I had not an ad. Beautiful. Not hair. a sponsor, not an ad. <laughs> uh-huh. when you had beautiful hair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what they look for at Abercrombie. Right. Beautiful. Well, I
0: can remember that was a whole thing. I think they even like got sued about it. Like they would judge you just based on how you looked.
1: Yes, it was part of their business. So I strategy. never
0: applied. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nope, no, I don't need to deal with that. I don't want that rejection. Thank you very much. Oh. But they did approach my friend Jennifer. Hey, Jen. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, you. Because she was beautiful, blonde, <laughs> tiny. Were you there and you're like, hey. With my acne and my big <laughs> belly and boobs being like, why can't I work here? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I Any, just didn't go into the store.
1: Anyway, <laughs> transferred out there. To help take care of my niece and nephew and kind of be there during this, I didn't think that it would be an opportunity. I didn't think that I was going to be a match. We didn't even know. I just went out there before. I was like, she's going to be going through chemo. She's going to need a lot of support and help. Mm -hmm. And then the chemo really wasn't working. So they said, well, another successful thing that happens is bone marrow transplants, which I didn't know anything about them at the time. but. They said sometimes a sibling could be a match, and it's a 25% chance. Yeah, big. it's
0: remarkably... Well, I feel like it's remarkably low. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which yeah. is so strange. You would think it would be higher.
1: Yeah, so one of her good friends, they both got the same form of cancer. Um, it's a long story behind that, but Oof, that's, that's something else. That's a whole else. other. Yeah. Um, and her sister wasn't a match. I ended up being the match for the bone marrow transplant. Yay! And And then when I moved to Arizona to help out, my parents had a house out there, too, so... My mom, who wasn't talking to me, I said, well, if you're not going to talk to me, I'm just going to drive to the house and talk to you. So that night I drove to the house. It was just my mom there. My dad was still working out in California. So we're in Arizona. And found out I was the match for the bone marrow transplant. So I'd be getting pumped full of Nupagym for like a month. So they'd harvest my blood, mm-hmm. which then takes the bone marrow and puts it in my sister.
0: How long had your mom not been talking to you Six now? Six
1: months. So, um... I went over to her house, and that, like, we kind of talked a little bit, but then my mom went to bed, so she took, at 2 a.m. in the morning, I just hear this screaming, and it's just me and my mom there. My mom would have been by herself, mind you, had I not gone over there. She slipped and fell down the stairs and broke both of her legs. Holy shit! And I had to pick her butt up and put her in the car and take her to like, the hospital. Are you going to talk to me now, mom? <laughs> so she tripped over. This her... is God talking. I know. <laughs> so that year, I just Some was big like, old look
0: over you as you uh, stand above her. As I heard
1: her screaming, "Mother, <laughs> I am here." Mom, do not be afraid.
0: <laughs> I am rescuing you. <laughs>
1: come into my life Wow, arms. talk
0: about you being the savior to your family. <laughs> That's it's, what
1: everybody jokes about, and I still joke about it. Well,
0: I would forever. <laughs> hey, Mom, remember when you weren't talking to me and I saved your life? Meanwhile, I was also saving my sister's life.
1: So it's a beautiful story it to is, say. By
0: the way, it is a beautiful
1: anyway, story. Anyway, came out, family disowned me. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. <laughs> and I saved, a- and I saved, and I saved, and I saved. And we're done. Well, God Thank saved. Thank you for coming. This was a
0: great time. <laughs> See you later, guys. Thank you.
1: But anyway... And then I left and <laughs> went wait, back to wait, California.
0: Wait wait, wait, wait wait, we skipped over so much in this little fun sidebar
1: I feel like I'm rambling. You, I feel weird talking about myself so much, but it's I'm it's sorry. therapeutic.
0: I, yes, this is the point. I'm interjecting a lot. I, I still, you really are. I still definitely chime in with my own issues.
1: I feel like I'm just talking about myself.
0: I love it. Um, but wait, so you she, you hear the sound. She's falling down the stairs. Mm-hmm. You pick her. You pick her up. Get mm-hmm. her in the car. Take her to the hospital. Mm-hmm. She's broken both legs. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, did she talk to you? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah, okay. she
1: was. She, she said she was just so embarrassed the whole time. She's like, I just don't even know. I slipped down the stairs and I just. <laughs> <can't>... <laughs> she's like, I tried to grab onto like the rail and I didn't. I was like, Gosh, how did? I was so sad. So anyway, so it was a two story house. Clearly. <laughs>
0: Like one porch step.
1: So I wasn't planning on living at my mom's house, but I got to live there because she was in a wheelchair for like two months after that. So she was, she couldn't go down, she couldn't go up the stairs anymore. So she was living all downstairs, wheeling around. So was she
0: forced to talk to you at that point or was oh, she now yeah. happy to speak to you?
1: Oh, she was happy and she loved, she never didn't love me. She well, of just, it's, it was just hard for her to accept it. And her first question too, I guess I skip over a lot. I am remembering and I haven't talked about this little coming out in a long time, but, um, her first response was who do you blame? Oh. <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, what? She's like, most people blame the mother because they're a little overbearing. Oh. And I was like, Mom, I I don't blame anybody. I I accept this. I felt this way. I just didn't understand these feelings. And I tried to kind of sweep them away, mm-hmm. thinking that but I was like, it's not a blame. It's
0: But it's, see, that that is, I think, a very common thing, mm-hmm. especially in a religious family. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. generationally speaking, they most people in that situation and those circumstances that you were in. They, the reason they're so upset about it is because they believe it's their fault. That if they had done something different, yeah. that you would, you know, if you hadn't have spent so much time with your sister, or if you, she didn't let you play dress up, or you know, they they take on the blame, and so that's where a lot of the anger comes from. Is they they are taking it on themselves when really it's like, I was born this way. There's no one to blame. Yeah, it, it just is what it is. And it's
1: cool now to see her. With the relationship that I'm in, and she's, she loves Trevor, yeah. and she's so happy, and she always asks how he is, and she, every time, like, she just loves to talk to him. He's also easy to talk to. Very. Um, and to be so loving and so happy and letting, she tells me all the time, she's like, it just, I'm so thankful that you have right. that person that loves you, and that you yeah. love, and that you guys get along. And sh- I tell her stories about kind of how we interact, she's like, oh, like, And plan making plans and all the fun things we get to do and relationship things
0: outside of sex. Yeah. I mean, that's I think it's so interesting how many people, that's the first thing they go to is the sex. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, I could sit here and think about you putting dad's dick in your mouth, or you know what I mean? But I don't because I don't (laughs) want to think about that. But people do that. It, it's so crazy to me that that's the first thing rather than, oh, you've fallen for someone, you have loving feelings towards somebody, they may have them back towards you, and what a beautiful thing to get to build. It doesn't yeah. have to be with the opposite sex. Yeah. What was your heart like during all of this, though? Like, were you ever brokenhearted through that, or were you pretty okay because you had your faith that you leaned on and you had the support of Andrea?
1: Um, I was... And your dad. Yeah, I was, I, and, and a ton of my friends from Christian college, oh, like really? they were so loving and supportive, like Great. the most amazing people ever. <laughs> so, wow. um, I mean, even if they didn't just, dis- even if they disagreed with it, they still loved you showed love. Well, yeah. that's, and that's okay. And that's, that's what they what, should. Yeah. 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 That's how we all should be. Mm-hmm. You, know, you disagree or don't like, aren't, don't feel the same way that, that person feels, you're still accept them with love and show them that love.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so anyway, but I f- was, f- I felt bad. And it was, like you said, I, when I going into it, I seriously was not expecting the response from both, from either of my parents. I was expecting almost opposite mm-hmm. to some degree. Sure.
0: I mean, that's <laughs> to what I would a big degree, have. actually. Yeah.
1: I thought my mom was going to, I remember growing up, one thing, like it's one thing that always stuck out. When one when, when I was younger, my mom and I were talking, and I don't know, I liked the movie The Little Mermaid, and we were we had a <laughs> pond in our backyard. But I remember telling my mom, and I was like, "Would you still love me if I was a mermaid?" And my no. mom said, "I would love you, no matter, no matter what. what." She's like, and and I always heard that, and then <laughs> then the response that Except. I got when I got that that disgusts me. <laughs> so, um, and I know it wasn't me- it was it, her it, pain, mm-hmm. and it wasn't
0: that's exactly right. Yeah,
1: so. I w- uh, thank goodness at that time I was wise enough to know because I know that sometimes that ruins family situations mm-hmm. or f- I mean it does and it it's devastating for people the ones that do come out and for the family like
0: oh my gosh I know someone who came out to their family when they were in their later 30s and it wasn't that big of a deal like both parents were like okay mm-hmm. well we love you and he flew off the handle because it wasn't the response he was expecting and, that's and he had waited, but you know what I mean? He had waited yeah. 20 years to actually come out and finally say, this is what I am. And then to not be met with the response he was so prepared for, he didn't know how to deal with it. I not laugh
1: at that, but yeah. But it, but,
0: I mean, he laughs at it now, <laughs> but it is, yeah. it's funny, you know, you psych yourself up for something mm-hmm. and when you don't get the response you are expecting and you're ready for, it's disappointing. I'm sure. While you're probably also elated, like, Oh great. I'm accepted. But Fuck. I wanted an argument. I was ready for that.
1: See, and I didn't want an argument. So that was. Well, sure. Yeah.
0: But people are different. Yeah. <laughs> people want different things, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, so your
0: heart was pretty okay. Even uh, when your mom wasn't talking to you? No, no, no. no.
1: I was very hurt. Oh, okay. I'm not, yeah, I was hurt. and But I did know that, I mean, that I was going to be okay. That things were going to work out. Mm-hmm. You um, did.
0: You knew that. You never doubted mm-mm. it. See, that's where I think a lot of people get very, very lost when their heart is hurting. It becomes, mm-hmm. it's never going to get better. It's mm-hmm. only going to get worse. I feel so alone, whether it's coming out or any kind of situation. After a
1: relationship. After oh my gosh.
0: Anytime your heart is hurting, I think it's very easy to go to the negative versus mm-hmm. seeing the the hope in something. Yeah. So I, I applaud
1: the- you for... Well, I feel lucky. I've I've have an optimistic that's disposition. that's the word. Mm-hmm. Disposition. An optimistic disposition.
0: Well, but you are a light. I mean genuinely, I can't even tell you how many of my friends from back home still be like, "How's Jeremy?" I mean, uh, it's a whole other sidebar, but oh. you are. You are a wonderful person to be around. It really does come through and Thank you. so whatever it is okay. inside of you it also was the light that you needed for yourself during a hard time. Yeah, but we most people stifle that away from themselves if they have it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, are, there. I feel like I the more of more of my heartache and challenge was coming out. Like once I was out, I was like, oh, thank, thank goodness! I right. feel so much better. I don't have to lie to anybody right. anymore. The
0: release of that burden. I
1: like, and I, yeah. I can fully be myself and I can fully like love everybody else because now I can fully love myself <laughs> because right. I'm not trying to Hide. be something I'm not. So
0: do you know, I, I looked this up today cause I wanted to talk to you about this, but do you know where the phrase coming out comes from? No. Or coming out of the closet? Uh, no. I looked it up cause I was just so curious. I was like, uh-huh. what, how do you, and do you feel it has a negative connotation to say that you're coming out of the closet? No. I no. Don't think you,
1: so. Okay. Well, maybe it did.
0: N- no, oh, okay. I-, I was fascinated. When I hear coming out of the closet, I always get so bothered. Like, why does someone have to be hiding? Like, yeah. I always felt like it's, why, does we, why do we have to have a phrase for it? Why can't, I don't come out of the closet to say I'm straight. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I don't come out. But this is what I thought was fascinating. So bear with me while I read this to you. Oh, no, go for it. Uh, the phrase coming out did not refer to coming out of hiding, but to joining into a society of peers. The phrase was borrowed from the world of debutante balls, where young women came out, quote-unquote, in the newspaper. So coming out within gay society often meant revealing your sexual orientation in the wider society as well. But the phrase didn't necessarily carry the implication that if you hadn't yet come out, you were keeping it a secret. But then it further goes on to discuss the closet part. It says, It is unclear exactly when gay people started using the closet metaphor, (laughs) but it may have been used initially because many men who remained covert thought of their homosexuality as a sort of skeleton in the closet. Coming out of the closet was born as a mixture of two metaphors, a debutante proudly stepping into the arms of a community and a shocking secret being kept in hiding. And it says coming out is a useful phrase, but it need not imply a closet. (laughs) 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 But I thought, God, it's such a beautiful thing, like that's something so acceptable amongst heterosexual elite society the idea of a young woman a debutante coming out and being presented to the world of suitors and life mm-hmm. and adulthood and i don't think coming out necessarily has a negative connotation for being gay but like it's a the thing in the gay community and it's a beautiful thing actually yeah. it's like your moment to come out and accept yourself and like you were just saying finally feel like you got to be who you are
1: yeah i mean and it, it's nice and you don't feel alone anymore so it's maybe coming out too it's like you're in that debutante society like you're coming out to like you people. said a group of people and mm-hmm. so you have you suddenly peers. have yeah yeah That's exactly i get it now
0: well interesting one of the, as we were i mean this was the predominant thing that i wanted to talk to you about but as we were speaking before we even started we would start talking about forgiveness and where was that for you with your mom?
1: Um, it was immediately. I mean, yeah. I mean the second I, I was shocked, but I also, I mean, I completely understood where she was coming from. The fact she did blame herself Mm -hmm. and she, she, she had an idea for what she wanted for me. Which wasn't a bad thing, and I think all parents have their hopes and dreams for their children, mm-hmm. and they
0: an easy life, the easiest, happiest life one can have. Yeah,
1: and that was other right. stuff she was worried about. I mean, she was worried about sexually transmitted diseases, and you know, the worst case scenario acceptance yeah. by society. I yeah. mean,
0: we're still still fighting for yeah. acceptance.
1: Um, but so I it just wasn't. While I didn't think she was gonna respond that way, I just knew that that was her way of dealing with it <laughs> and we we didn't we talked maybe twice um in that six months before I went to the house in Arizona when my sister got sick um, and both two times we just got in arguments, and so mm-hmm. I just she was trying to understand and trying to make sense of it in her mind, in her world. So I just knew it would take time. And then it was nice to have, because my dad and I had more of a rough kind of younger start, but we grew closer after like entering college.
0: What was the rougher start when you were younger? Uh,
1: my dad's bipolar. Mm. He is manic depressive. And so growing up, we called them manic modes. So he was very unstable did and, he ever
0: tell? Like, was there something that he would always do when he was going into a manic mode?
1: Yeah, it was very weird. Like, well, obviously he would raise his voice. Mm-hmm. So he was just very angry and and just his violent. And yeah, there was a lot. It would just change because he was always loud, but it was there was just a switch in it. It was like in one thing, like he could be, ha, 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 ha. we could just be talking. And then like at the drop of a hat, you say one thing, and what the f- Frick really was that? yeah oh so wow. it's bizarre it would be like it'd be like you were walking on eggshells around a person so
0: he wasn't diagnosed when you were
1: younger well because it, it wasn't like thing. yeah it wasn't a thing and he had hit like because they have extreme highs and you have extreme lows and he had hit a low where he was in his bed for like three months and my mom didn't know what to do so she put wow. him in a mental institution at the mental institution um uh, that, How old the were week, you
0: during that?
1: That was like in second and third, or second, third. I think it started at the end of second. So third, fourth, and fifth grade for three years. Um, and then in sixth grade is when we moved up to s- Santa Maria. Wow. And that's when I moved, lived around the corner from Andrea. That's right. when Andrea and I both moved into that town the same time.
0: And your dad was with you then? And my
1: dad was there there because he had gotten a job at Vanna Air First Base. And so, we moved out there with him. But while he was at the mental institution that week, a social worker came and, um, the social worker met my dad and she called my mom literally the week my mom put him in the mental institution to, cause he was just crazy. He, there was nothing we could do. She tried to like motivate him. He would not get out of bed. It was your mom. my mom tried to help. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember we couldn't go into that side of the house, like where my parents' room was because my dad was just crazy. (laughs) And so we put him there. The week that he got there, a lady met him and she said, your husband's not crazy. It's a new diagnose. It's called uh, manic depression, bipolar disorder. And there's actually a recovery house for people specifically with this. So he got put in that recovery house. From that recovery house, he got a sweet job. He had always worked at naval bases. He was in the Navy. But um, he got a job at Vandenberg Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then, like, he... Stabled there for, like, four months, and then our family transitioned and all moved up there.
0: What happens in the recovery house? Is it...
1: (laughs) It's just, like, they're getting acclimated to their medications. Um, Therapy? Yeah, Mm -hmm. everything. So
0: It's crazy to me how much therapy is so necessary, even for someone such as myself who mm -hmm. has a very stable mind. I need my therapy. I look forward to it. I need it. I can't imagine having the hormonal imbalances in the actual the chemical imbalances in your brain yeah. and not having the proper therapy and it's sad because we really don't see that as an actual i mean we are more and more thank god yeah. seeing mental illness as n- not a choice and not being crazy it's an actual condition that people yeah. suffer from and it's really ups- it's really sad yeah.
1: and when controlled he's he, he's okay he got to the point where like if he wasn't gonna get his medication he'd lock himself in the room oh. so but growing up once we moved back into them sometimes he still would have those really bad modes mm-hmm. so where he and yeah he would just flip so it was rough right. and i i mean as a teenager and Growing up and growing into yourself, it gets a little. It's, it was hard. There were times, where, yeah, where I just couldn't wait to get away from him. But then he was also so supportive. He came to every sporting event that I ever was in. He always recorded me right. and everything. And so,
0: that's a lot of yeah. uh, ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. How did you? How did you cope during that time?
1: Um, I had really good friends. Um, and I spent a lot of time like, uh, with those friends' families. Mm -hmm. So they kind of became my second families. Um, so there's one family, the Cole family. Um, they had four kids, but they basically let me come over there all Mm -hmm. the time, Debbie and Paul. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I spent a lot of time there. A lot of time. I did extracurricular activities. Like I was in sports year round. Um, yeah. Um, youth group, (laughs) I was always, yeah, I was just, I was never at home really.
0: Did you have resentment towards your dad?
1: For a little bit. Um, After when I left for college, I was like, I probably won't ever really talk to him again in my head. Oh, wow. And then that first year of college, after growing up and seeing and, you know, being around such a diverse group of people and then kind of getting more comfortable with who I was.
0: Well, and more experience in life.
1: Yeah. And then you just realize like your parents are doing the best they can Mm -hmm. and they're just trying not to screw up, screw you up as much as they're screwed up.
0: Was it easy to forgive him for your youth?
1: Not at first, but once I started like that whole thought process of forgiveness and knowing that I hope some people can forgive me for it because I'm going to screw up sometime. right? And it's like, I would want people after... All that stuff. My dad used to never say he was sorry. And so in my mind, even like younger, um, in high school and junior high, growing up, once we moved back in with him, um, I would always be the first person to apologize regardless of if it was my fault or not. So I'm very good at saying sorry because my dad never did say he was sorry. Right. Um, So, but it was also, I think we talked about this at dinner. It's so funny that he was the one person that I couldn't forgive because he couldn't say he was sorry, but I could say I'm sorry to everybody, and I could forgive and accept anybody mm-hmm. else's apology, but because I didn't get that from him, I for some reason couldn't I couldn't forgive him, but I had to come to the point in my head where I'm like, if you're just gonna have this anger towards this person just because they don't forgive the but just because they don't ask for and they don't apologize they, they don't for apologize the for their behavior then you're going to have a lot of problems with people right. so and that's not worth it. So it's just better to forgive or to just love somebody even if they don't.
0: Was him being okay when you came out? Was that part of the forgiveness process or had you already gone mm-hmm. through that? I had already that?
1: gone through you that. You had? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I was in therapy in college, which had already already dealt with a lot of those that, feeling of that hate it was hate I guess mm-hmm. hate and resentment I don't I don't even I don't know how I felt that way I just I'm more so feel sorry for him mm-hmm. and and I want him to be happy and I want him to be the best that he can be and I know he had a rough life growing up like in the the, the minute where I decided that I was gonna forgive him I started getting to know him and like right. we' like every time I go home we he my Mom hates sushi, but my dad loves sushi. So he has it, never gets sushi unless Jeremy comes around. So we always go and get sushi. And even when I took time off of school, like we would have our sushi dates and movie dates and stuff. So anyway. No, no, no. I'm just turning the heat
0: on because I'm a little chilled. Oh, um,
1: do you want this throw blanket?
0: No, because it doesn't <laughs> help at all. So everyone, if you it hear doesn't. the heat go on, that's what's happening. <laughs> no, but you, see, the thing about forgiveness with me and when I think about it with my father is. It's easier to forgive if someone that you're giving that forgiveness to, reckon, recogn, for me, mm-hmm. recognizes what their behaviors were, mm-hmm. how in the wrong they were, and then they recognize they need forgiveness, mm-hmm. that they do need to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, there was a transgression, they do need to apologize, whether that's the actual act of saying, I'm sorry, or the actions that show that they're sorry. So for your dad, if he mm-hmm. never really apologized, did his actions. actions? Exactly. Okay. Yep.
1: And that was, uh, that's, you're so good, Al. Oh, yeah.
0: Thank <laughs> you. My gosh.
1: No, like you're just reminding me of a lot of stuff. Gosh. Um, but, Do you need yeah. a tissue? <laughs> I'm okay right now. But it's so funny. It's true because his actions, he would buy us expensive gifts. Mm. So that was his thing. And just more recently, he's finally like, I remember most recently after Brian and I broke mm-hmm. up um, when I moved back home mm-hmm. and tried to get my shit back together. Um, my dad was so concerned about me getting a job because I didn't have a job. I, did, I would like the one financial Just so everyone, just
0: a little quick backstory on that was just Jeremy attempted to change his career path and it was leading him into a financial world that requires a lot of education and very difficult testing and he didn't have that educational background. So he was trying to take these exams studying on his own and teaching himself. And ultimately it didn't work out the way he had wanted. And so he and our mutual friend, well, my uh, mutual person, Mm -hmm. uh, they ended up breaking up and he moved home where he did not have a job and you were, you were starting life over essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But good on you for taking a risk. You attempted something, you know, and it didn't work out.
1: And it didn't work out for a reason.
0: But see, (laughs) that, that right there is so important. Like we get bogged down by being so afraid of failing, you know, and not to be like you failed but you you did no, you didn't yeah. pass the no. test you didn't get the job ultimately and yeah. you had left a different job to do that you didn't have the job you didn't have the money now you didn't have a place to live and it was like i'm sure you felt that you were at the bottom oh yeah and it well <laughs> i mean the journey back up i mean look at you now you i you're so happy you have a great job you have a great relationship you're the light i've always seen that never went away even in your hard times but it just goes to show you there is a bottom but you, you can always go yeah. up if yeah. you, yeah.
1: And I, Sorry. life, and we're going to go up and down. It's always going to happen. And I think my biggest thing, every time that I've kind of had those big transitions in life, which is sadly, I just end up going home, which I pray to God. No, I never but that, <laughs>
0: by the way, my sister and I just talked about this. That is something to be so grateful for, genuinely. Yes. I know that there's tough love and you have to figure it out on your own. And, Good on those people that that's how they want yeah. to raise their children or be with their families. And sometimes tough love like that is what's really necessary. But I have, uh, you know, purchasing this place, it, it takes pretty much every penny I have. But I know that if I couldn't make ends meet, I could move home yep. and I could sell this and I could start over.
1: Yep, and you could. And, and It's and- something to
0: be grateful for. So as much as we may not want to move home or have, it's no, so and, amazing yeah, to have
1: it. No, and I am so beyond blessed and grateful for that. And my family and friends have been so supportive. And like I said, things happen for a reason. You don't necessarily know, <laughs> you don't know really why. Andrea, you don't. <laughs> my, my best friend, Andrea at that time, had just had her third child and her husband had started his own company. So he wasn't at home. He was working all the time.
0: Good oh, so thing Jeremy, yeah.
1: Manny Jeremy could come over <laughs> <The Manny. laughs> and we could, and it was perfect. And I, I mean, this even, yeah, I mean her, she's been a lifesaver too. And she says that about me. I'm like, I was just mooching off you. You guys paid for food. <laughs> but no, like, but
0: sometimes when, <laughs> if I were her and that was my situation, the energy you brought into that home and the companionship that you probably gave her as a friend, oh, yeah. that changes everything. Yeah. I mean, it really does.
1: Yeah. So where are we going with well, that So story? you moved home. So, oh, my dad. And just so, it, 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 I mean, yeah, we were saying how people's, if they don't verbally apologize for something, sometimes their actions mm-hmm. show that they're sorry. But my dad, like seeing him now and him, he actually did apologize for some of his actions oh, while I was wow. there. So me coming home, not only was I able to help with Andrea with the, her third kid that she just had um, and be there for that six months, like I really even got closer to my dad and mom during that time. Right. Um, and even like I had a horrible habit of smoking cigarettes. I mean, you remember mm-hmm. when I had smoked and I finally, I haven't smoked in over two years now.
0: Which, congratulations.
1: Yeah. Um but at the time, I mean, I was just kind of just doing my thing. Like I, my parents were going to have to accept that I smoked cigarettes because I just needed something. At the time I was kind of a little, I was down. I just knew I'd get through it. <laughs> what? <but laughs> you were down? <laughs> so <laughs> I would be outside and my mom would even come outside and drink coffee and she wouldn't smoke, but she'd be drinking her coffee while mm-hmm. I was drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes out on the back patio. Um, anyway, but my dad would freak out about me not having a job and, I had gotten close to getting a job with like a pharmaceutical company and I was like, well, I don't know if I want to go there. And my dad was at first like, no, you have to take the job. Like, cause he was just right. so concerned. I'm like, dad, I'm not just going to jump in to another job that I'm going to end up quitting.
0: Miserable in. And, yeah. yeah.
1: So, but he was just, no, you have to do that. And so I was like, dad, honestly, I really need to tell you. I was like, I feel like something will open up. Like it's always worked out. I've been so blessed and mm-hmm. so lucky. I was like, so if I don't get this one, or even if I get this one and I don't take it, I think uh, like I've just, every time I've gotten an opportunity, I've known that it's the right one. And the door, I've allowed it to just almost organically happen. And that's been such a gift and a blessing. It doesn't happen with everybody. It doesn't come with hard work because I work my ass off to get to all of the yeah. places I've been. But when the time comes, I just have this, I can feel it. <laughs> Well, and I mean,
0: by the way, you could have sat at home and never applied for a job and been oh, like, I "No, applied. no, no, something's going to happen." I, I applied feel. to but ten were, jobs right, a day. Exactly, you were <laughs> you were putting in the work to yeah. tr- you know. And it, I do believe in those weird guttural feelings yeah. of just knowing and trusting. I mean, whether you believe in God and you're religious, or you believe in the universe and you're more spiritual,
1: or I none. really
0: do believe, <laughs> yeah, or nothing. Yeah, and that and there is a weird intuition. Right, that, mm-hmm. like, if you sit and think on it, you'll know, like, I need to be doing more than I am. Yeah. Like, there's something within us mm-hmm. as human beings that allows us to kind of have a gauge and a compass. And, you know, if you were, like I was saying, just sitting there, not applying, and you were like, yeah, 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 something's going to happen, something's going to happen, then... Uh,
1: yeah, no. No. That's a waste. But it. you
0: were putting yeah. it out there. You were trying. You, were, you put in so much effort and work.
1: And I knew that... Um, like I said, I knew that I was brought back there for a reason and for, and I knew it was going to be a short amount of time, even though it didn't feel like it, it felt mm. so long, but now looking at it, it was l- so quick. So quick. It was Six still, months is nothing. Yeah. Um, and getting my dad to like break down and say, I am so sorry. I'm a foolish old man. Like I'm s- like to say that to me and then he'd be sorry for That's so huge. much and stuff happened. Yeah. Like. I never would have thought I'd hear that from him.
0: Did you call your sister? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Were you yeah. Like, well, and she's like, gosh. Get out she, here right well, now. The thing is that she's been saying, like, with all – because she has two um, – she has four kids, two girls, wow. two boys. Um, but she said when he, my dad would watch the kids, like, in the crib, he'd start crying. And, like, my they're saying now he can't even talk without, like, kind of crying. Aww. So there's some stuff that he just needs to, you know – work work on and he the sad thing is he's he doesn't believe in therapy and he doesn't want to do that but Mm -hmm. he's got he's got a good support group from all the kids from all of us now we know all of us love him yeah we love him. and i'm sure he knows
0: that you all love him. we want the
1: best for them and we want them to be happy but there's also so much like your parents just have to if they're not willing to do something then unfortunately there's not much us as their kids can do really yeah, they have to come to that realization. And when I was there, he, I was taking him to work out. Like the his, their little community has a little fitness, little clubhouse. Aww. So I was his little um, personal trainer, Aww. and a lot of the other older people in the community. Because this is a little like an older community. It's a cute little gated community out there, and I started kind of training people like every day.
0: Oh, that's great. <laughs> so get them great. To exercise.
1: So he was doing it, and then I told him, Dad, now that once I got the job, and moved back down, moved out to Pasadena. Mm -hmm. Beautiful Pasadena. I love Pasadena.
0: Never been there, but I know (laughs) that I love it. It's amazing. No, I've been there. (laughs) I love it. I live right here. I'm so close.
1: San Gabriel
0: Mountains. (laughs) No, but I think, you know, my my relationship with my father, the forgiveness issue is a really Mm -hmm. tough one for me. Um, And it is because I truly believe he's a functioning alcoholic and anything I ever say to him does not go through. There's, he will say, I'm so sorry for all of that kid. And I'm so sorry. And you know, your uniqueness, by the way, I hear that you're in your your uniqueness. And I know he loves me, but he's not willing to say, I really messed up. And if you don't want to have a relationship with me, I would understand why.
1: So, you're projecting that on him though, aren't you? Like, because he he's saying he's sorry, isn't he? And, and then you're just saying but he's what not you're saying.
0: to me and he's apologizing for what he thinks he's done wrong what ha- and what he's missed out on. He's okay. not apologizing to me for where I feel. And I've tried to tell him.
1: Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. How have you told him? I,
0: oh, I've told him straight up. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I have told him straight out. <laughs> and for whatever reason he has taken that as like, and now we're good. And it's like, no, uh, no, no. Just no, because no. now I've told you what's so upsetting <clears throat> or what bothers me or what is hard for me and yeah. why I don't feel we have a relationship doesn't mean like, oh, and now we have one. But yeah. he's getting older. And I think he, you know, I I really do believe you get to a point in your life, he's going to be 70, where you start to, you know, take account of your life mm-hmm. and all the things and you know he might really he might be open but i think his alcoholism would actually it inhibits him from really getting it mm. and that's where for me giving him forgiveness is extremely difficult not closed off to it i'm trying to get there to be open yeah but jeremy this isn't about me so let's just go ahead no,
1: and just... it's about everybody
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it just it, to relate with you i'm i'm impressed by your capability to be so forgiving, especially through that time with your mom and all you dealt with with your dad. I think that it's really remarkable that who you are as a person always wanted to stay open to the love that you had for your parents and know the love that they had for you and you wanted to be able to forgive them and have the relationships you do now with them. And I I really applaud that. I think that that is really impressive. So yay you. Thanks. Forgiveness is tough. That's a a doozy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Well,
0: thank you for talking with me about some of these things. And I'm glad that you're in a good place and your heart is full. I am too. And I hope that you don't have any future heartache. But if you do... This is the place to come. <laughs> Here we go, light-hearted, hearted. we will keep it light Lighthearted. Light-hearted. <laughs> light-hearted. I love you.
1: I love you too. Thanks for it. this. Has been great.
0: Oh yeah. Well, you know, you can always I come back.
1: I'm happy to.
0: We have a whole other section. I'll just
1: come and chit on the couch on the next one. Okay. Chuckle on the couch. I don't know a why shuckle? I couldn't. I couldn't really talk right. What's there. a chuckle? I just you know I need another
0: a club soda <laughs> with some jalapeno and <laughs> lime. That's no.
1: I think I'm good. Okay. You have to go potty soon.
0: <laughs> oh okay. On that note, thank you for listening. Thanks, please feel free. I have an email, lightheartedheartache at gmail.com. Send me questions or your stories if you want to share them. I would love to talk with anyone who wants to share their story. Thank you so much. Bye.